I have two throwaway questions for you. Nothing's throwaway here. Yesterday, my friends took me to a shooting range and we shot pieces of paper. Am I a bad vegan for operating a firearm? No, you're just a bad vegan for being yourself. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm bad and I'm vegan, but I don't think I'm a bad vegan. I get called a bad vegan every day. For all sorts of silly reasons. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are vegans that have firearms and, you know, I mean, for all sorts of reasons, maybe for protection. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I if mean, you're not hu a hunter, I, you know. I, um, I'm at the point where I get judged every single day, like every single minute, like every day. I judge you comment. on a continuous basis. There's in the back of my mind, there's some judgment toward you. I understand that, but you're just, you're just an angry person. I I'll give you an example yeah. of, of why I feel like I'm a bad vegan. Do you want me to tell you why? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Trader Joe's is releasing a bunch of like new vegan items. Oh and really? Thank God. I know. Well, well, when I say there. a bunch of vegan, you—I mean, you already know. I've been like posting about. Well, them I tried stuff. the the spring roll. It, it was good. That tofu spring roll. I think I gave it a low rating, didn't I? I don't know what you gave it, but I—I I mean, they all taste the same. Whatever grocery store you go to, it's just nice to have one. It does suck to have to pay what five dollars for these. Like, it's basically a snack. It's like an appetizer. It's not like a food, five you know? five forty nine. It used to be four forty nine. Okay, so Trader Joe's brought back these spring rolls and they're based on um vietnamese fresh rolls they have ri the rice paper wrapped with lettuce cabbage so mung bean noodles and tofu and then they instead of a peanut sauce now they have a cashew sauce which i do not think is an upgrade i miss the peanut sauce but maybe they maybe were, it's healthier maybe they're worried about allergens maybe it's cheaper i don't know no, it should be more expensive, but maybe it's either allergens or, you know, to justify the higher price, it's more, quote-unquote, upscale. Yeah, the issue with these fresh rolls is they need to be made day of, and obviously because they come from Trader Joe's, they're not made day mm -hmm. of. They're made maybe several days, three days, four days of. Oh, I, I root around and look at the expiration dates, so the one I got was fine. Well, they just came out, so, I mean, I, they're, they're, they've got to yeah. be relatively new. If you get an old one, I got the one that I got was a little crusty and it just came out. Literally, it was the first day that they put it out. They were putting it out when I saw it. Like I've been watching it like a hawk. Like, when is that happening? But this has absolutely nothing to do with why I'm a bad vegan. Maybe it sort of has something to do with my me being a bad vegan. I mean, I'm promoting Trader Joe's. Like I promote a corporation that profits off animal agriculture. Well, that can be said about like 99 point whatever. Yeah, what can we do about that? Well, what can we do about it? Okay, okay, for example, okay, one of my... F Only shop at Vegan Bestie? Like, come on. One of my favorite things of all time, it's just something that I really love. I remember many years ago in Thailand, discovering this for the first time, tasting it, I'm like, this is freaking awesome. And then you see it at, like, sometimes you'll see it at a street fair. I think they sell them at the um, Hollywood Farmer's Market. There's the Wat Temple in Sunland that I go to, and they have them. They have this special pan that cooks them. It's these coconut cakes. Oh, yum. And they're coconut cakes. 
I, I, they're called uh, Konam Krok. I hope that I, I'm probably mispronouncing it. But they're made of coconut milk. They're uh, vegan. And Trader Joe's came out with a version of it. And I was surprised how good it was. It was amazing. It was, it's all vegan. It's coconut milk. It's a little sweet, a little savory. They're kind of like, uh, I don't know, what, what would be it? They're kind of like pancakes, basically. But Is they, it cold or hot? You put them in the air fryer, so you could you could you know throw them in the air fryer for I think about like four minutes on both sides. You flip them over, and um, they and some people sometimes some people like them on the savory side. I tend to like them on the sweet side. They're kind of a blend of both. They're cr- extremely delicious, but the issue is, and I knew people were going to bring this up. They come from Thailand, and there's coconut milk. In them. Oh, monkeys get the coconuts is what you're about to say. I do not know how the milk is sourced. It does say vegan it could on the be box. Monkey slaves. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I don't know. We're programmed to believe. I mean, again, I don't know. I'm not there. I do not know. I do not know if all coconuts are unethically sourced. Trader Joe's is, you know, a for-profit company. So the situation I have is new product, one of my favorite foods of all time, really one of the best things Trader Joe's has come up with in the last, I don't know, year and a half or so. I don't, since they put out the, maybe the scallion pancakes, I don't know. I mean, and, or the, maybe the bonbons, you know, those chocolate ice cream cookies and cream bonbons, you know, like top tier vegan selection. And someone brought up in one of my comments, they said, it's probably not vegan. Coconut milk was probably unethically sourced. I I, I guess you could look into the sourcing of the coconut food. I I, I don't know how you would find that out. You could do a little internet sleuthing and try to find out. I have a question about this monkey slavery thing. How do, how do they prevent the monkeys from just running, like grabbing a coconut and running away? Are they like tied to strings or something? Is it like they, they send the monkey up in the tree and they have a collar? Oh, shock collar? I've seen, no, I've seen them in cages. And I've, I think they mm-hmm. I think some of the monkeys have chains. They're chained. Oh, so they are cha- so they have a rope or like a leash and they're just sent up to go grab the coconuts and come I, back? Again, I, I do, I've not seen video of it. I've seen some pictures is there any circumstance where the monk you could say the monkey employment, quote unquote, is justified because they're treated well? Because on if there's no if the answer to that is no, then having say like a sheepdog is also unethical. Because you you know like I, I I presume a shepherd um, is very nice and good to their sheepdog, but if you're employing an animal, and you, you know it's like against i don't know i guess it consents in some way but you've trained it you've conditioned it employing an animal at all for any like purpose is a is like uh you know animal slavery so if you heard this buzz phrase where it's like there is no ethical consumption under capitalism i think there there can be i mean it, it you know capitalism favors like sort of the survival of the fittest wherein um any corner you can legally cut to to make a profit allows you to survive so i would amend that to say that capitalism encourages unethical consumption without regulation if there's in absence of regulation yeah but the issue is is there abs there is absence of regulation right exactly there is absence of regulation and consequently it the 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 
sort of Darwinism of the companies in the free marketplace does sort of make it that you, you know, like for a dairy or well, let's say a chicken farm, like egg farmer. I, I, I personally believe there's a way to have eggs in an ethical way, but there's no way to make a business out of it or there isn't, you know, a viable, profitable business because every unethical egg producer is undercutting you by abusing the animals. Well, you can also, I mean, if we're talking about egg production, you can also talk about how these animals have been bred a certain way where they yeah. lay eggs to distress. Um, and sure. so even if you had the best intentions, you're still abusing an animal because it's laying eggs to distress. Yeah. Hey, this all came from my throwaway question. Wow. Do you have a, well, no, well, I mean, there is no throwaway question. Do you have any? Did I answer the question? That's the big. That's the big thing. Or I honestly forgot my question. No, yes, you, I think you answered my question. Yes, I have a question a for you. Shooting at a piece of paper. I'm yeah. Sorry. What do you? What do you? No, got? no, no. Go ahead. Uh, I have a question. What for is you. it? Tell me. Okay. Ask me. So I told you about these really delicious coconut cakes that are at Trader Joe's. You buy them. You put them in the air fryer. They're crunchy, they're sweet, they're delicious. Mm -hmm. they're delicious. You're asking me if I would eat one? I haven't asked you yet. Okay. Would you eat them? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Okay, I would at least do a quick cursory Google check. You know, so for to give my own conscious some semblance of plausibility like plaus plausible deniability. <laughs> and if I cannot find evidence that that, that, that particular producer employs Enslaved monkeys, I would try a, a cake, yeah, a coconut. The real issue with Trader Joe's, though, is they don't reveal their um, purveyors. Oh. It's very, it's always very under the So wraps. are you supposed to, like, are, is this person in the comments telling you basically any coconut product from Thailand you must avoid because of the possibility of monkey labor? We've been trained to say no to uh, coconuts from Thailand based on oh, these pretty theatrical PETA protests. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, again, I don't know if all uh, Thailand coconuts are are sourced through through monkey involvement. I, I, I would, would assume Google not. Google around a little now that you brought it to my attention. Uh, you know, uh, if you hadn't brought it to my attention, I would jump at one of those cakes. But now that we've talked about it for 10 minutes and I feel like bad about it, I'll, I'll look into it before eating it. But I got one for you. I bought one for you. Will you eat <laughs> oh, it? If okay, I, well, will you eat it if I uh, like bring it to you and you try it? Yeah, I, honestly, I probably will. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, here's my my real throwaway question: Have you ever tried mud water? Mud, no vowel water. It's like a in lieu of coffee. It's like a mushroom based drink that's supposed to give you like effects of coffee. Does it have uh, psychotropic? It's vegan. Well, no, I I, I ordered it because I just recently my attention span has been so bad and I, I would rather not be on like Adderall or something. So I, I don't know, like I'm trying to find some way to focus. Um, and so I tried this thing because it supposedly has like nootropic mushrooms in it. 
but um, my personal opinion was that it was yucky. So I, don't, I can't see myself drinking it every day. I was just checking if you've ever had so-called nootropics. Is that how you pronounce it? Like anything, any kind of like mushroom type thing that's based to, it's not always mushroom type things, but anything that's supposed to like improve your focus. Do you have, a, do you have an attention span issue like I do? I lost attention, so I don't know what you, can you repeat that? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, there you go. No, I, I, I mean, obviously, because of what I do, I have definitely an attention disorder. I'm, I'm always, you know, we're always on the phone switching. It's horrible. I might have tried a couple of different functional beverages before. I'd like to maybe try it. That would sound good. Maybe I'll try it with you. We'll have a, we'll have a mud water. Yeah, you can try it. Celebration. It's, it's like. You know, I wanted a cup of coffee in the morning. I'm like, let me try this. It, I'll tell you, I, you know, I do feel focused at the moment. But maybe that's just the placebo effect. But it did not taste great. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's definitely improving the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you say so. Um, you monster. Think, yeah. Okay, so wait, what were our official topics we wanted to talk about? No, I wanted to talk about ick factor. Ick factor. Okay, well, tell I mean, me about ick factor. I mean, here's the situation. You know, I'm married. You know, I have a family. Yes. I'm I'm not on the market like like you, young man. Mm-hmm. Are you on the market? Yeah. What does I that mean? Know. I don't know. I'd rather I feel weird talking about it. Anyway, are you let's single? Just, uh, for the sake are you of a all. single man? I'm not married. Okay. So there was this Vice article. We mm-hmm. asked women if vegan men give them the ick. Oh, what do you feel that you provoke the ick in some women? I'm sure I do, but it might not be because I'm vegan. But yeah, I'm sure I do to some even because I'm vegan. I look, you cannot be a man in this world without giving women the ick for one reason or another. They're they're ick sensors, you know, not all, but like women have the ick sometimes, you know, like you just walk down the street the wrong way and you give somebody the ick. Has your veganism ever gotten in the way of a relationship? I'm sure it has. Yeah, absolutely. How so? Well, I'll tell you, I have gotten the ick from like, you know, I, I'm, you know, going on a date and I see some girl like she ate like shrimp or something. And it's just the smell of the shrimp. And it was just, eek, it just grossed me out. But that, that said, I've definitely like dated non-vegans. Did you pay lot. for the shrimp? Was it a date? Yeah, I see it like and then I was sort of like quote unquote obligated because I you know I paid for the meal and like ended up paying for the shrimp. Yes. So, so yeah, you, so so you basically it's, it's bought it's into the animal agriculture. In a way, yes, I did. And okay. I, I don't I don't love it. So anyway, there was the study and uh it, it was basically I mean, and then people started taking the study and applying it to asking, you know, men and women about gender roles and and veganism Mm -hmm. but there was it was in a journal called sex roles and uh, they basically said okay this is just the abstract research shows that women and men have different attitudes towards food and eating habits which may stem from societal gender roles in most societies eating meat is associated with masculinity and choosing healthy and smaller meals is perceived as feminine These stereotypes may affect eating behaviors, which may have an impact on health and well-being, as well as the environment and the economy. 
We conducted two studies that focused on the perceptions and experiences of vegans and vegetarians using a gender lens. The first study, we used a quantitative design to investigate the association of the vegan-vegetarian diet with gender stereotypes and the quality of personal relationships. The second study uses a quantitative design with six six-person focus groups to examine the experience of vegetarians with stereotypes associated with their diets and possibly linked to gender roles. Results suggest that men following a vegan diet are not perceived as masculine, and vegan vegetarians themselves experience gender stereotypes related to diminished masculinity. Hmm. Our research confirms that the interplay of diet, the role of meat in society, and gender stereotypes have consequences both for the social perception of people who follow a vegan-vegetarian diet and the experiences of the vegan-vegetarian community. So I, I, I was reading the, the, uh, the paper, and it seems like the vegans themselves have these perceptions as well. You're saying that the vegans have a negative perception of other vegans? It's not negative. Oh. Vegans have the perception that vegan men are less masculine. Oh, yeah, I have heard that before. Not about myself, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I have heard that, the, you know, that perception exists. Like, I was even, like, I was reading an old war biography, and, you know, the the soldier was, like, afraid to go into battle, and then they, like, teased him, like, what, are you a vegetarian? As if, you know, like, uh, well, I guess it makes sense, because it means you don't want to enact violence on other beings. So, yeah, it is a, sort of a a vegan attitude to not want to go fight. <laughs> so the, the, the idea is if you want to harm something, that's a masculine endeavor. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's traditionally like being masculine being means like going out and fighting and hunting and doing aggressive things. It's not like the food or our perspective is feminine. It's the perception. Right. Yeah, I know. I've I have seen that. You know, like, you know, I've seen like dating sites and stuff. And every once in a while, there will be someone whose like profile will say like, "Please, no vegans." Like, I cannot. But for the most part, that's that's relatively rare, especially in like the coastal cities. I'm sure in the like red states, it's a different story. I and I do think that perception is a lot more prevalent in um in more like socially conservative places. So, you know, most of the places I've lived, it, it hasn't been much of an issue. My masculine vegan role models are all on like Instagram, like, like I'm an ex deer hunter and now I'm vegan, you know, like this, like yeah. manly guy. And then there's, there's definitely this... like vegan MMA fighters that are, I, I think, um, counteracting that stereotype to some extent or like vegan power lifters and all that vegan uh, vegan athletes, you know, like like uh, sure. basketball players that are all changing. They they want to prolong their um, yeah their I, careers. I, I think that is a stereotype that does exist and has existed for a long time, and it's gradually fading. Especially as as we learn, you know, you you look at, for example, Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Game Changers documentary, and he said himself something to the effect of like, you know, I used to think 
of meat as a sign of masculinity. And then I saw um, that's not really the case. And in fact, it's unhealthy for you. And then if you look into, there was like one segment of, if you were, I think we talked about this, where they associated meat eating with um, like erectile dysfunction or something. So, uh, you know, like virility may in fact come from not eating meat. Well, also there is that perception that tofu, because it oh, it's produces, estrogenic or something, yeah. Um, it produces a plant estrogen that that estrogen mm -hmm. feminizes. Us yeah, from where that's you, where how you they, they came up with that. Uh, soy boy, yeah, we're soy boys. Um, but the, I guess that's been debunked too. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure some people have that perception, and um, they happen to be wrong. Is it possible you can give me a list of your uh, exes so I can contact them and ask them these questions? Yeah, right. <laughs> Do a little <laughs> survey. And then while you're at it, like, ask them all my flaws. And, I, you know, I sometimes I see, like, a forum, like a vegan forum. And every once in a while, like, a woman will actually write on the forum, like, you know, I, I love veganism and I... For whatever reason, I don't find vegan men attractive. And they like pick her apart. They're like, what are you talking about? Why do you say that? Da, da, da. And I've never really heard like a, I don't, you know, I read down the threads and I didn't really hear like a cogent answer. So like, I don't know if it's because they're vegan or because, you know, other like cultural factors that go hand in hand with veganism or it's just maybe just luck of the draw. I don't know the answer. Well, Mike Keller, we're just doing the best we can. We're just doing the best we can. That's our, our motto of the day and of the entire podcast and of our lives. And Mike Keller, I think you and I, you know, are shining examples of super masculine vegans. Hey, I did shoot at a piece of paper yesterday. <laughs> it was just a piece of paper. It wasn't an animal. Did you yeah, like shooting it did, the it gun? Did, no it, did it feel good? It, was it satisfying? It was. Uh, it was fun, and actually, I I am kind of a natural. Like, look at look at this um, grouping. He's showing. I'm, I'm a showing target. The target. That he's very but proud look, of his look target. How, I, no, I I I was told, you know, because I have not been shooting like been like me once or twice in my life. I was told I'm a natural. Dead eye, Mike. You look good. It looked good right in the center. Very good. Yeah. I went to a place like in Vegas and I got to a point where I was shooting like, like the machine gun. Yeah. They, it was kind of this thing where they kept on giving me bigger, bigger weapons. And yeah. after a while I'm like, oh, you... that's enough. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean... In Vegas, they have looser gun laws. And I guess for tourists, they, they have this experience where you can shoot these like fully automatic weapons that are like totally illegal in California. I just wanted to feel the experience but I got to a point where I didn't like the experience and they were, they thought I was crazy. I was like leaving bullets like that, that hadn't been shot. And I'm like, I, 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 I they're ex look there. Oh, I guess you're, I guess you're less masculine. No, the <laughs> bullets are expensive, man. You can't leave them on the table. Um, you the, see the more bullets you shoot at pieces of paper, the fewer bullets exist in the world to potentially harm people. That is not a logical statement. I know like they'll just manufacture more. <laughs> it's weird. I was like, in this really surreal place where I was meeting this guy that, you know, I mean, mutual friend and I met the guy and the guy had mm -hmm. a bullet factory 
And wow. he had these old machines making bullets. And I was, I was, and then every once in a while I hear a bam. And I guess the bullets uh, go off. I don't know. It was pretty wild. In the quality control, in the, they're doing like <laughs> testing. In the shooting range, they, part of the money they make, it, you know, they charge relatively little. I learned about the economics of shooting ranges yesterday, um, which is totally unrelated to this podcast. The economics are that, like, you know, renting the shooting lane is, uh, you know, it costs something. But where they really make their money is they pick up all the spent shell casings from everybody's practice and then they reload them and then they sell them to you. And if you like lease one of their weapons to shoot at the target, you have to buy their ammunition, which they all manufactured. And so like they make a a bigger profit from the the bullet re refurbishing or whatever you call it. You've been listening to Gun Talk. <laughs> yeah. With Jeffro and Fred. All right. So anyway, that's great. 